Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, December 30th. Coming up, we'll look back on the biggest criminal justice stories of 2022 and take a look ahead at what might be the biggest stories of next year. But first, some headlines. Oil is once again flowing through the Keystone Pipeline from Nebraska through Kansas to Oklahoma. Celia Yopis-Jepson of the Kansas News Service reports. Canadian oil company TC Energy restarted the critical segment of its Keystone pipeline system that carries oil from Steel City, Nebraska to Cushing, Oklahoma. This stretch has been closed since the December 7th oil spill in north central Kansas, the pipeline's biggest ever accident. The spill's cause is still under investigation and the cleanup continues. For now, the U.S. Department of Transportation is requiring that the pipeline operate at 20 percent lower pressure than when the spill happened. Cases of RSV, COVID-19, and the flu are flooding hospitals in the Midwest. Holly Edgel reports. Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City shares daily updates to let partners across the four states know which hospitals have ICU beds for kids with acute respiratory conditions. If necessary, the hospital moves those patients between other hospitals by helicopter. Dr. John Trapp is with Bryan Health in Lincoln, Nebraska. If I don't have a a critical care bed for one pediatric child. To me, that's a crisis. Our primary resources are Omaha. When they cannot go to Omaha, Omaha's full. What happens? They go to Des Moines or Kansas City or further away. Hospitals around the region also trade best practices for using telehealth and work with primary care doctors to treat kids closer to home. As New Year's Eve approaches, the Kansas City Police Department and Mayor Quinton Lucas are urging people not to use gunfire to celebrate. They warn the bullets could cause severe injuries or property damage. Lucas says gun owners should put weapons away on the holiday, and those around them should discourage discharging weapons. This is not just some harmless recreation that you do to prove that you're bad or cool or anything like that. It's something that brings great risk and fear to so many communities. Firing a gun in Kansas City limits is illegal and could result in misdemeanor charges. We'll be back after this. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. This year, gun violence and police reform continue to be major topics of concern in our area. KCUR's Peggy Lowe spent much of her year reporting on one particular case of police corruption in Kansas City, Kansas. But she also covered issues like violence and policing in Kansas City, Missouri. She and I took a look back at what happened in criminal justice this year and a look ahead at what's next. Peggy, the biggest project you worked on this year was an investigation into former Kansas City, Kansas police detective Roger Golubsky, who's been accused of corruption and sexual assault. Where does that case stand now? 
So Roger Golubsky, the former KCK police detective, is out on bond and he is under home arrest. He has to wear electronic monitoring. That said, just recently he filed a motion with the court that asked to be moved off of home detention. So but to your point, yeah, that's what I've spent most of my year on because we created this six episode podcast called Overlooked and it really goes deep in the entire Roger Golubsky um, saga and the exoneration of Lamont McIntyre, the KCK man who was released from prison in 2017. And really his case unveiled all the corruption that the police department is accused of over the last 30 to 40 years. And what was incredibly sort of great for the podcast and hard for me and two of our producers is that Golubsky was arrested on September 15th, and we were ready to go with these six episodes, so we had to blow those up, rewrite them, and go with all the new charges that the feds had added. So Golubsky has been accused of framing many suspects for crimes that they didn't commit, including Lamont McIntyre, who you mentioned. What other cases have been called into question now that Golubsky is being investigated? Well, what's so interesting is it appears that the feds and the FBI in particular are focusing on the women he victimized. So the cases that he was initially charged with on September 15th were sexual assault, rape, kidnapping. Then the feds even added more charges about a month or two later about sex trafficking, that Golubsky was in fact paid by local drug dealers to protect them while they ran a sex trafficking operation of underage girls in a KCK apartment building. So it's interesting that, you know, Lamont McIntyre was certainly that first victim that we all knew about. And there are other black men um, that Golubsky allegedly victimized. That said, the federal investigation was pretty focused on the black women he victimized. So that was really an interesting part of that this year. So you also covered Kansas City and its search for a new police chief. How did that search go and what can we expect from the new chief? Well, the search was done um, mostly in secret and was highly criticized, quite frankly. And I think it points once again to something not everybody in Kansas City is aware of, which is we are the only police department in the U.S. that doesn't have local control. A state board appointed by the Missouri governor runs the Kansas City Police Department. So while activists and others were asking for transparency and maybe someone outside the department and other things to look at violent crime, for instance, in Kansas City, uh, the board kind of went the opposite way and picked a 27-year veteran. Her name is Stacy Graves. She has moved up the rank from a civilian post as a clerk, and she is now chief of police. And she is the first woman in the department's 147-year history. Gun violence and homicides continue to be issues in Kansas City. How is the city trying to tackle those issues? Well, this is what's interesting, too, because former police chief Rick Smith had just uh, basically thrown out many of the programs that, for instance, prosecutor Gene Peters Baker was working on. One is called NOVA, and it basically was trying to go into neighborhoods and, you know, 
uh, look at crime from where it was starting and teaching, you know, soft skills, social working skills, that kind of thing. So Smith threw that out. The new chief, Stacey Graves, uh, told Steve Kraske on Up to Date that she wants to bring that kind of program back and she wants it even larger. She has said, we can't arrest our way out of this problem with the high homicide rate. She said, we have to get everybody in the community engaged and we're going to need help from everyone. So that was a that was a real breath of fresh air, given what the department had been like in the last few years. What about a look ahead? What do you think will be the biggest stories of next year? So I think that police reform is going to be something, at least that I'm watching, because, you know, ever since Black Lives Matter, we've talked a lot about police reform. We've talked a lot about the things that people want changed. And I haven't seen a lot of that happening. There were some small things. For instance, some of the reforms that KCPD did were uh, body cams. So will that continue to move forward? And will the activists who were so moved by the Black Lives Matter movement Will they continue to call for this? Will they continue to work for this? What are they going to want to see in the future? You know, with uh, Stacey Graves being appointed, they weren't seeing what they wanted as the next police chief. So what is police reform going to look like in this next year? That's one of the things I'll be watching. A second thing, and it might be only me watching this, but this is a topic that I like to talk about, is prosecutorial immunity. Now, this is a judge-made doctrine. A doctrine that cloaks prosecutors in near absolute immunity from suit. They can do things and never get in trouble. So they can't be sued. They can't be fired, that kind of thing. And they cannot be sued for knowingly, knowingly prosecuting an innocent person, withholding evidence um, or even fabricating false evidence of guilt. And the reason I find this interesting is because of the Roger Golubsky case. Um, a prosecutor in the Wyandotte County office, her name was Tara Moorhead. She worked with Golubsky on the Lamont McIntyre case. It appeared, at least from the allegations made in that suit, that she had an equal part in that. And nothing has happened to her on that score other than she moved up to the U.S. Attorney's office. So I would love to look into that a little more. The third thing, and I'm sorry I'm being wordy here and um, unwieldy, but um, the Biden administration just um, announced that they have nominated a woman named Kate Brubaker to uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Kansas. Now, her nomination is pending before the Senate Judiciary Committee. But Brubaker is super interesting. Um, She comes out of Jackson County Prosecutor's Office. She came up under Jean Peters Baker. She was instrumental in getting Kevin Strickland out of prison. He, of course, spent 43 years in prison for a triple murder he didn't commit. He was exonerated late last year. So I just think it's going to be really interesting to see a young female prosecutor and what she's going to do in that federal office in Red State, Kansas. That was KCUR reporter Peggy Lowe. You can hear her reporting on the Roger Golubsky case on KCUR Studios podcast, Overlooked. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by CJ Janovey, Lisa Rodriguez, and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Peggy's reporting on criminal justice, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. We're off on Monday for the holiday, but we'll be back on Tuesday with a look at the top political stories of 2022. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.